0: Technique.
1: Don't sweat the technique. Let's face
2: the facts. Check
0: the file. Let's see who. Hello, and welcome to the Don't Sweat the Technique podcast, episode eight. Um, we haven't really got a title for this one. We don't really have a title until. They're edited and produced and all that kind of stuff anyway, but um, this episode is going to go a little bit different. Um, It's still going to be about MMA, mostly, but given what's going on in the world with um, the protests that are kind of taking place everywhere, mainly in the USA, um, for Black Lives Matter, uh, for police reform and things like that, we wanted to not really sit and give our two cents because... (laughs) We're three white guys who don't really know what it's like firsthand to face some of these issues that, have been, um, that are being put in the spotlight right now, But as they should be. But uh, what we did want to talk about, I guess, is just, mm, well, I just said we're not going to give our two cents, I guess, in a way we're not going to. I don't think we'd like to dictate um, our opinion as truth in this conversation. I think we just wanted to kind of, we thought it would be kind of disingenuous to not address that it was happening because it is important. Um. And I think the three of us pretty much have very similar ideas um, in how we think it should be supported, but um, mainly we're going to also talk about how um, the, the MMA, the UFC kind of world ties into race relations and um, what that actually looks like and if it's actually a good or a bad thing. Um, I think we'll get to that in a bit, but um, being from the US, I'm kind of seeing a lot more of it firsthand I guess now I know we've all got smartphones so you know we're all seeing it but um yeah uh, I was gonna ask you are you guys getting a lot of um information about that in the news and stuff over there about the protests and things like that
1: yeah yeah I think it's pretty big news internationally you know uh, we've been seeing a lot in the uk as well not to the same extent as yourself bob um but i uh, I think would you do you say so Colin as well yeah it's been pretty pretty
0: visible. Uh, yeah, firstly, hello, how are you both? <laughs> Good, thanks for asking, <laughs> kind of breaking us out of that sombre intro, I didn't really know where to go with it. Yeah, sorry for not asking, it's not
1: that I don't No, care. no, it's, it's fine, I
2: just <laughs> no. I thought I'd, I'd say hello first, uh, but yeah, I would I would agree, there's 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 a massive focus, um, I think, across the world in general, and an we bubble in the UK and in Scotland, yeah both on the news, social media, it's almost impossible to avoid. Um, and that's, by all accounts, a very, very good thing. Um, how deep that you want to dive into it and how accurate the information is and what's right and what's wrong is a big question that everyone's asking themselves at the moment, <laughs> which, again, just the fact that people are asking that question is a lot better than I felt and or knew to feel three weeks ago. So, you yeah, know, there's a yeah very kind of positive message and a lot of very confusing um or a very confusing situation at the moment mm.
0: yeah i think the reason we want to talk about this again it's not just cuz it's a hot topic and not just cuz we can tie it to mma but because um in a way you know the, the sports that we like mainly mma but also call them with yourself with nba um there's a lot of people of color in those sports and i know a lot of the media that i consume um comes from black artists and i feel like i've been a bit dishonest with myself and i've kind of gone through a, a perspective change uh, with all this stuff coming to In quite a not humble bragging but i feel like i've had quite a good perspective change kind of a turnaround um not that i was you know waving confederate flags or anything like that before but um i just wanted to kind of see what you guys are if it's kind of I'll, I'll basically I'll share what I've kind of gone through and I just want to know if you guys have had a similar thing. So, um, like I said, for a long time, you know, I've watched MMA for ages, which has tons of black fighters, tons of, you know, Hispanic fighters, tons of Asian fighters, tons of people of color. Um, you know, there's a lot of parts of black culture that enjoy, like a lot of rap music, black comedians, like, you know, Dave Chappelle, and, you know, Hannibal Buress. Um, you know... I've, I've enjoyed a lot of content from black creators and black athletes and I've realized recently from all this that I've never actually really cared as much as I should have about the issues that they face um, And I think I'd like to think everyone is kind of opening their eyes a bit more to that And what I mean by that is that I think the way I would look at the issues the black community face before it was I was looking at it from a place of just being completely unable to understand you guys both know I lived in Miami for a while, lots of people of colour there, um, a lot of, I have a lot of friends there, but I don't think I ever really seriously considered how these issues with the police affect their life, um, and, I've, and I've got great friends, um, look at me being the token white guy saying, no I've got black friends, but it's true, I've, I do have friends that are people of colour, um, and I don't think I've ever actually really given it enough thought, and. That has been kind of crazy to me. I think I used to look at black issues um, the way that you would look at a, a news report about a bomb going off in like India or something. I would just kind of think, oh, that's a shame. But it wouldn't really pay any mind. And now it's kind of strange because your neighbours are kind of saying things like, well, this issue affects me. And I think just a lot of people don't have a lot of empathy these days. I know I don't have enough empathy for people. So... If there's any takeaway I've had from this, it's that I should care more because it's kind of hypocritical of me to enjoy watching guys like, I mean, as much as he's a nut job, watching John Jones fight, watching guys like Kamaru Usman fight, watching guys like Anderson Silva fight, but then the moment there's an issue regarding people that affects their colour of skin, I just kind of turn my ears off or, and it's not a conscious decision that I've been doing it, but, and to be honest, maybe that's just part of being human and you have to fight against that, but I've gone through quite a big perspective change um I'm just gonna ask you guys to chime in because I'm kind of rambling here about what's been going on with me but um I me mean, did you guys struggle with that or has this been changing your perspective a bit or were you guys already kind of more in tune with things
2: um I'll go, I'll go. um <clears throat> so I actively don't think about stuff like that on a regular basis I actively don't think about anything difficult on a regular basis. I think the kind of person I am allows me to be almost easygoing but to do that you almost have to shut out all the bullshit Um, and there's so much bullshit whether it goes down to um, the issues that we're having um, with race relations across the world or whether it's you know your example there, Robert, about a bombing that happens two thousand miles from your doorstep. You, you know it's just it's on the news; it's a constant cycle. You cannot care about everything, so you have to fight mm. and pick your battles when it comes to what you can care about. Otherwise, you'll just get bogged down in it. Um, I mm. I think it was probably about two thousand and fourteen because, <clears throat> as we've said, I, I watch a lot of NBA. Um, I think there was um, a big push. Um, then by a lot of NBA players that were wearing "I Can't Breathe" T-shirts for um, a person that was killed by so a black person that was killed by the police, um, and it was a push to bring awareness. And that was kind of my first kind of again not being from the US and probably being quite sheltered in my white privilege um, to not see those kind of things on a daily basis. I was like, "Oh shit, that's an issue," <clears throat> but as soon as it was gone, it's out of my head. Don't think about it. Um, mm-hmm. Twenty sixteen, uh, the SB Awards. LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, um, Chris Paul, and uh, Chris Bosh make a speech uh, about Black Lives Matter, uh, specifically around uh, gun violence against Black people by the police. Um, again, comes to the forefront. The NBA talk about it. That's my bubble. That's how I kind of, you know, I I, I think about it. I think it's bad, and then rinse and repeat it goes away i don't think about it again um this feels different it feels a little bit different in the sense that i've actually started to reflect personally so it, i've always looked at it and a lot of people that i've spoke to still think this way um i think going as a i'm not racist so nah i'm not the problem um and i think a lot of people feel like that mm. and i get that perspective I, I fully get that it's like i don't feel and don't dislike people based on the race. That's I feel like I'm a good person for that, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm not from a position of privilege that I've never appreciated before. So <clears throat> one of my uh, friends uh, that I've spoken to recently went to protests in Glasgow the other week um, he is Muslim and from Pakistan um, and his perspective on it is really interesting and I've had a lot of conversations with him about it uh, over the last couple of weeks um, and he's, say, he's said essentially from a young age uh, being from the religious and minority background he's come from his parents have almost um, taught him even subconsciously the way the world that he lives in looks at him and it just recognising the fact that he has to consider that and that's not something I have ever had to think about was kind of eye-opening and this sounds really self-righteous though because ultimately i'm now gonna have to fight a battle where i then don't do what i've done in 2014 and 2016 and go (laughs) okay that's great I i fully appreciate the problem more than i did before but now i'm gonna go back to everything else as it was before there's 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 ways to change things and it comes through awareness but it feels really overwhelming as a Single person in the world to make any of that legitimate change and with my nature finishing this on this statement with my nature being I don't want to get bogged down in all the bullshit that I feel like I can't personally make big change on because otherwise What the fuck's the point in life? You know, you die in fucking 20 years 30 years 40 years and you know That was your lot. So are you gonna make your life through standing on points? And this is my pillar that I want to make a difference in and This one feels like one that I because it's close to home with the sports um, that I watch, the friends that I have, it matters to them. I want to make more of a conscious effort on this specific issue to understand it more. And that's the first step that I'm starting to do more now that I never did in any of these other occasions where it came into the kind of forefront of what I was watching.
0: Uh, I think you need some really good points, man. Um, and I just want to say I appreciate your honesty because um, it really, kind uh, of what you're saying about acknowledging that you have privilege i for the longest time didn't think it was a thing i thought no that's ridiculous and you and what i realized was uh, my opinion that was purely based on insecurity i didn't like the idea that um, i had it easier than somebody else cuz i think well my life's not been that easy in some at some points but that doesn't matter you know what matters is everyone having equal opportunities and people having you know equal rights and not having their rights infringed because of how they look um, so I appreciate what you're saying about that, Duncan. Did you want to add anything? Did you? I mean, don't have to talk at length about it if you don't want to. Just thought it'd be yeah. good to address.
1: No, I mean, I I think I'd, I probably agree with both of you. Yeah, it's 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 funny because um, I think I, I certainly do think of myself, and I think maybe you too do to an extent as well. As quite a a, a, a liberal, progressive person, you know, who who, who is mm-hmm. aware of social issues of uh, systemic racism. Uh, sectarianism all that sort of thing that goes on in the world, um, and I do try and keep abreast of it and understand uh, my own biases, uh, and I would never consider myself uh, as as a racist or as part of any sort of problem. Um, but like like Colin was saying, it's it just kind of goes to show that if you if you fail to take a actively progressive stance and actually uh, encourage and trying force change from happening, you know, you, you can't be part of the problem by, by doing nothing. And mm. so I think the visibility of, of this movement and just how prominent it's been, despite what I was saying about me thinking of myself as a very socially conscious progressive person, it has made me reevaluate uh, my own inherent biases, uh, mm. certain ways in which I see the world which perhaps aren't uh, quite as progressive as they should be. Um, you know, I think I'm talking particularly here about, you know, it's, it's a, maybe a controversial thing to, to bring up, but the, the statements I've made in the past about the English, you know. <laughs> uh, I've, I've said, I've been on record, I've said many times in this podcast that I, I don't think English speak this isn't for them. <laughs> you know, uh, American listeners, Scottish listeners take your fill Uh, Ugandan listeners, Australians, go for it Uh, listen, fill your ears with this uh, enjoy it, but the English it's really not for you, it's not for you you won't enjoy it, I'm not stopping you from listening but you won't enjoy it that was my perspective, you know I've shared that with you as many times, I I just don't want people doing it, but Mm. I've, I've since come to kind of hold a mirror up to my own prejudices, my own biases and I've realised that, you know, maybe I can be the one to extend a hand, b- bridge this gap. Between us and the English, you know, there's lo- yep. I mean, I've got loads of, well, I don't have any English friends, but there's <laughs> many English people I admire, you know. Acquaintances. M- many, sense. a lot of English people I really respect, you know. Oh yeah. Neil Buchanan from Heart Attack, <laughs> brilliant guy. Top player. Uh, the Kaiser Chiefs. What a band! Kaiser, Kaiser. What Chiefs, a brand. Yeah. Come on,
0: come on.
1: I mean, the list goes That's all I on. can think of for now, but there are more. There, are <laughs> there might many, be a couple more. more. And, and what I'm doing is I'm 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 having a, a kind of a, a victim mentality. You know, I'm thinking of uh, the old days when our ancestors were enslaved in the porridge mines by the English, um, and kind of get kind of forced to break their backs for nothing but. Nothing but oats and shortbread, and I'm I'm letting that cover my perception of him now. But that's ancient history, and if we're going to move past that, uh, you have to understand. Yes, there is systemic racism against Scottish people. Yes, there's. You can't deny that, but we're all in this together. Uh, and mm-hmm. I do believe that English people, if you want to listen to our podcast, go for it. You know, it's not gonna it. stop you. Enjoy. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Start because this is this is a new me. Um, I've re-evaluated my biases and I'm now I'm now welcoming English people um into my life and it, f- it feels
2: a big step a scary
1: step it's a scary step but I think it's, it's, it's the right way to go and this whole this whole black lives matter movement has really made me maybe me, made me that you know.
0: that's <laughs> good for you man I'm, I'm glad you've you've overcome those biases and prejudices I mean at the end of the day yeah. you know we might be north and south but we all enjoy a greg's. We all enjoy a pint. We all listen to the Queen's speech at Christmas, you know. That's,
1: uh, very true, very so. true. And this, I hope, if if, um, if Lizzie's listening to this, you know, I hope she didn't take any. I, I know she spends a lot of time in Scotland. She's, she's a, This wasn't aimed at her at all. She's my Queen. She's not just the English Queen. Long may she reign. Okay, that, not not directed at you, Lizzie. You know, don't take any offence that.
0: You better choose your words carefully, or CID is going to kick down your door. For <laughs> um, but no, oh, I mean, right. I, on
1: a serious note, boys, I don't have anything to add to, to what you said. I think it's um, you've made some very important points uh, as kind of uh, you know.
2: I think I think uh, the point that you said there that I think was worth reiterating um, at the start was uh, you know the active awareness and active like you know you can be part of the problem if you turn a blind eye and that's basically it so even the simple things when it comes to when i'm in work um working in construction based um industry there's a lot of comments that would be deemed um racist and unreasonable and uh in the past i can reflect on that now and say i should have done and said something about it but i'll let it pass because i don't want to be an issue it should be an issue, mm-hmm. and that's, that's, that's the small step in my new world me uh, that I can try and improve on and bring up. It's very small, but from my point of view, it's something that I can see as a flaw in how I viewed it. I could say that I am actually or actively not racist, but if I let stuff like that and comments like that pass without checking them, I'm perpetuating the problem. So mm-hmm. so that's the one thing, the step that I'll take um, to, to try and you know make the world a better place. The hell I'll
0: die on. I mean, it's very hard um, to... You know, you don't want to be a hypocrite. You don't want to say these things and then a week later not not give a toss. But um, something my dad said when I was about to go travel to do my uh, (laughs) my, my missionary work when I was uh, a missionary for the church was um, he told me this story about how there was a beach that just had... Thousands and thousands of starfish wash up on it, and they're all stuck in the sand. And a little girl walks up to each starfish and is throwing them back in the ocean. But, I mean, the, the stretch of beach goes on for miles. And this grumpy old man comes up to her and says, well, why are you bothering throwing them back? You'll never get all of them. But as she's throwing one, another one back, she says, well, made a difference to that one, didn't I? That started to sound like a Tito Ortiz story about <laughs> jackals and lions. <laughs> But I'm being I'm being a wee bit flippant. He did tell me that story. I did I did think about it when I was doing my stuff. But um, no, uh, the change starts at home. The change starts with you, and you know if you can be a bit more conscious about things. I mean, I'm not saying you know you need to suddenly change everything about your life to go out and protest and you know sign every single petition that exists. But if you see something that could support something for the goods, and I know what you're saying about you know being laid back and. Things happen thousands of miles away and you could actually make a a logical, not, I'm not saying I agree with this point, but you could make a logical, I'm not saying you're making it either, but someone can make a logical point and say, well, we're not doing anything about that issue, so why are we dealing with this issue? The point being that we're in the free world, being in Britain and the US, we, we live in the free world and we have the opportunity to live in democracy and give everyone as much opportunity and equality as we can. And I think it's, therefore, we do have a bit of a burden as citizens of these nations to kind of think, right, well, how can I, you know, not be regressive, if that's the right word? How can I not think backwards? How can I think forwards? Um, so, of course, I appreciate what you're saying about the comments, Colin. I know myself, I'm probably, you know. Um, yeah, but yeah, I'm not, I'm by no way saying that I'm completely
2: immune or. Uh, um, no,
0: of course, <clears throat> I'm no not is.
2: guilty of if I look back at my past self. There's things that I've seen. And comment sections and like you know when you do those like all oh, looking back at facebook uh, stories from 10 years ago and i'm like maybe necessarily not racist but i was a fucking wee idiot wasn't i jesus christ what the hell was i doing and i look back at that person and go yeah i definitely might not be on record online but i was definitely saying stuff but i probably and definitely shouldn't have been um and it was insensitive and wrong i think there's a huge part of that being like if, but if I was a kid at that point and and someone my age now had checked me and said You're being a weak <laughs> Stop being a racist I might have gone Oh, fuck, yeah, that wasn't okay But no one did necessarily because it was mm. deemed as alright So if I see a wee <laughs> looking like me now Ten years in the, uh, the past I'll tell him he's a wee fucking racist And it might change his perspective quicker than I did So yeah, it's it's little things like that, and it it does little steps like that. We're using your metaphor of starfish that we that we rather than just let them be a (laughs) weed. I don't know how many times I can fit the word.
1: (laughs) A story that actually uh, my father told me, Um, and it's quite beautiful. This it was about a a beautiful a beautiful beach, uh, and all across the beach was it was strewn with wea- <laughs> thousands, thousands, thousands of weed, thousands of weed, the wea- <laughs> uh, across the beach. I think I know that beach! Uh, oh, oh yeah, yeah.
2: I think
0: uh, I've been
1: there, yeah. Quite nearby, actually. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Was well, this at Loch Lomond? <laughs> <laughs> it
2: might have been, I think I've seen them. <laughs> um,
0: oh my goodness. Well, thank you for uh, not continuing that joke and making fun of my dad's story that he told me. No, <laughs> I don't mean
1: to, Bob. I think it is a, it is, it is a very apt, uh, metaphor and um, I, th- I think it is it's very true as well you know it's easy to get caught up in, like Colin was saying and nihilism and you know what why should we bother doing anything because nothing really matters and we can't make a difference in the broad scheme of things but that's not true uh, it never will be true um, and you know you can you can trace the course of change through history and look at who's engineered that change and you know we can all learn by example and lead by example uh, if we make the right choices I am um, rambling again now some you stop no, me yeah. please no i, th- oh, I think we've, i think
2: we've all made good points and we've all we've all given a pretty decent perspective of where we all are at the moment it's all slightly different by the sounds of it as much as uh, we're all on the same page uh, i think we've all got different perspectives um, but yeah, I think just just the consciousness is the big part, and I think yeah. I, my main thing, and again, I'll finish up with that, is that I'll try and I'll try and make a conscious effort to not um, turn a blind eye to stuff, um, and and think about things that I would normally, and that doesn't necessarily just mean I think it's a, almost an eye opener for issues in general in the past that I would have just said it's always nihilistic for me to just not, yeah, as you said, Duncan, just. I don't it's not an issue for me because I, if I care it's an issue for me and it won't make a difference but I think if little small things I take on will make small differences it's it actually will improve the way that I look at everything. So that'll be my
0: last point, sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, please I'm glad you guys have got a lot to say about it. Um I think ultimately we just want to say that you know we support these movements, the peaceful protests. Um we're not I, would, I just want... Well, I'm actually going to say a word of encouragement, but I'm also going to tell my own, another story from myself. It's not about starfish, which is going to completely juxtapose my encouragement. But my encouragement would be try and have not just empathy, because it's kind of hard to force empathy, but try and have perspective and try and just reduce judgment. Try and, you know, don't get caught up in these narratives with... The police and the rioters, I mean, there's bad things happening everywhere. There's good things happening everywhere. Um, of course, things like police brutality need to be brought into light. And I do agree police reform needs to take place in the U.S. But let's, you know, have a bit of compassion for one another. We're all human and no one has it all figured out. You know, I think the biggest problem we all have is it's a bit of folly. It's pride to think we have it all figured out. And then we're all trying to tell each other that we have it figured out. But obviously, we all disagree on things. So, the only way to really remedy that is just to have a bit of fellowship with each other, a bit of love for each other, look past opinions and just look to the humanity of people. Now, that being said, talking about what you can do about racism, I did have one time when I worked in Glasgow coming back home from work that I had to stand up to two drunk guys that were harassing two Muslim women. I don't know if I ever told you this story. Don't think so. I, well, I, um, I would usually get a lift, and I worked in the West End, and I usually would get a lift in with my mother, because she worked at the University of Glasgow. Uh, but coming home, I would usually opt to get the bus, uh, just because the way our schedules worked out. So I'd usually get the underground, the tube from West End, Kelvin Hall, I think, down into St. Enix, and i get the bus from St. Enix back to School Brides. But <laughs> it's a really weird story, because... Um, I was just standing at the bus stop, listening to my music, and there was two, and I believe they were Muslim women. They seemed, I think they were North African. Um, they were standing together with, um, and I'm not even going to pretend I know what the right term for the head covering was, but they were wearing head coverings, which would indicate that I think they were Muslim. And they had two kids with them in prams, strollers for American listeners. Um, and there was a, a guy, a white guy at the bus stop as well, and I heard him because he was shouting, that's how I heard him from my, my music, he was shouting, he's two Muslim women, telling them to go back to their own country and stuff, and he had a guy, another guy with him who was just sort of nodding his heads, and, but I could smell the drink off both of them, they were steaming. The strangest part of all this was he was South African, and he was in Glasgow, Scotland, telling these two women to go back to their own country, so I won't really repeat what I said to him, but I basically got in his face, and him to stop and he pretty much did shit bricks and stopped that's because i'm blessed to be a tall person it would have been a lot harder if he was bigger than me to do that but i was uh, going it- to say
1: for our listeners who, who don't who don't have a visual um robert our, our, our host is massive uh, so <laughs> you, you you probably wouldn't um you'd probably stop your diatribe if he confronted you in the street
0: but uh, sorry Bob on, on you go just uh, as a reference no, no, I'm, not, I'm not trying to act a big dick at Aiden, but I just thought you know you can't let stuff like that slide in front of you and you you never expect things out as outlandish as that to happen but you've got a guy in Scotland going aye go back to your own country why don't you eh like it made, it, the situation made zero sense and the funniest part was he also tried to start before I stepped in with an old Scottish woman Uh who was trying to chin him for it, and he said, I'm just being facetious, love. And she said, can you fucking spell facetious? (laughs) (laughs) Which actually kind of stumped him for a second. I, I just, you know, it just shows that ignorance, it can take any form. You can have a guy that's not even from the country you're in telling other people to go back to their country. So, you know, you have to have patience. I mean, I didn't have patience for the guy because he had to stop what he was doing. But generally when you're having a conversation you have to have patience and kind of tarry with people while you try and educate them because no one ever changes their mind from getting shouted at obviously if you make them shit bricks yeah they'll probably stop what they're doing for a minute and probably go home and write some shit online later to blow off steam like they were doing before a bit but I don't know it's you never expect these things so you know being socially conscious maybe if you do witness something like calling you're saying at your work if you hear something that shouldn't be said being said you can say something you know you're quite fortunate because you're you know you're in a kind of higher position at your work so you actually have the authority to tell people how, you know, chin them for it.
2: doesn't mean that I do it though, like part part of my job, um, again, context I guess, I don't know if anyone who li- would listen to this would not know, but I, I, fun- I work as a project manager for an energy company, um, and it's a lot of on-site construction work, um, which position of, yeah, as you're saying, like a management-based position, but... Doesn't necessarily mean that my ego doesn't allow me to let things go because people I want people to listen to me and I want people to like me. It's part of making you know, managing people it's a lot easier mm-hmm. when they don't want to fucking punch you in the face. Um, and <laughs> letting yeah. letting comments go that would be homophobic. It's probably more common actually, believe it or not, than racist. But <clears throat> definitely yeah. racist, homophobic. Um, transgender, very common as well mm. I, I've let a lot of that go because ultimately I, the follow-up thing after they make their stupid comments is me then asking them to go and do something and if I ignore that kind of a comment they're just going to take it on stride and then disappear and do what I ask it's much harder for me to then go uh, once they make a comment like, to go, right, let's stop what you've said there that's offensive it won't happen when, I'm work- when you're working for me Well when I then go ask them to do that thing probably not going to do it as well he's probably going to be pissed off at me he might then stand there and complain for a bit my -hmm. life becomes a lot harder so i take the easy road because you know it's the easy road and i get what i need done but it's not yeah it's not right (laughs) It's, it's like so many things where i consciously have seen and have seen for years now things like that that are not right that i've turned the blind eye just because it makes my life easier um, and that is me being not racist but perpetuating racism because I'm not checking it when I see it um, mm-hmm. which, yeah, it makes, made me feel really shitty um, I- Well,
1: you know, you're, you're definitely not alone, Colin um, I think the majority of people uh, like like you were saying about the incident at the bus stop Robert, like, there's probably a lot of people there who are just kind of trying to ignore what was happening uh, I'm sure everyone in the vicinity yeah. knew it was wrong but uh, I don't know if everyone, like would be willing to, uh, actually do something about it, you know. And that's not just in situations that might escalate to violence. It's in like little social situations, be <laughs> really offhandy comments like Colin saying, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we can all recognize situations like that from our, our day-to-day lives, and yes, yeah, it's, um, it's not yeah. an easy thing. To, so I don't don't think any less of you, Colin. I think that, thank no. you for being your honesty. No, I, d- well, d- I
2: don't. Honest. I I uh, I know it's not isolated, but I know that yeah. it's an issue that I have. Um, just, just in the way that I carry myself and the way that I interact with people, um, and I, I want, I want to be, you know, I want to do better. At, and and I'm not looking forward to the first time when all this, um, you know, self isolation and on site work commences, where I have a mechanical engineer uh, say something that is not quite right, and I have to, I don't have to, but I want to. To, to to bring it up and make it an issue because it's not going to be fun. Man. They are, uh, they're, they're all They're all the scum. They're all the scum. Don't backwards. say that. See, yeah. I, I am very thankful that I'm pretty sure no one from my work knows this podcast exists. Because yeah. uh, to be honest, the electrical engineers are the problem, Duncan. That's the real problem, not the That's mechanical what ones.
1: Saying. That's what I've been saying. <laughs> Especially the English ones, you know. Uh, well,
2: most we of them are south. as well. Most of them are. Uh, most of them are uh, coming
1: up here. <laughs> <laughs> taking, taking my job. Taking jobs off good Scottish bodies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my oh. goodness. Oh, man. Well, I think we could go on a lot longer about this topic. Um, we're to, well, I think we'll end it there, roughly, though. Um, and I appreciate your both your honesty, and I'm the I'm exact same. I'm sure there's a lot more I can do to... Um, uplift rather than keep down, un- even unintentionally, you know, and just because I stood up to one idiot at a bus stop doesn't mean for a second that I'm suddenly exempt from, you know, being at fault. Um, I, think,
1: I think it does... <laughs> robert got Roberts got, got uh, that, that white a,
2: privilege pass now that he never has yeah. to give up.
1: <laughs> yeah, if you've if you've had an, a, an official uh, bus stop Ramy over something like that, you get a you, yeah, you should get a a, a marking your record saying this guy. You know, <laughs> like, well, to,
0: cheers, man. Well, to tie it to MMA, and we're going to go into that. The reason I actually had confidence. Let's to see you pull off this
1: segue, Bob. Come on. <laughs> right, here we go. You ready for this? Right, I, so, I look
0: forward to it. Looking though, forward to it. Even though I'm six five, um I pretty much all my life have been terrified of confrontation. Um like fights and stuff. Um put that down to you know, getting maybe bullied a wee bit at school, put it down to I don't know, my my general anxiety disorder I seem to have I don't know, I've always been terrified of confrontation. So uh learning martial arts I was still terrified of confrontation. Like the idea of having to fight somebody is terrifying to me. But I know I can... I can, like Having martial arts training, uh, doing kickboxing for years and starting jiu-jitsu, I feel more confident. And at that time, I was pretty much like in my best shape. I'd been in years. I was doing really good at kickboxing um, when I was training and sparring and stuff. So I actually had the confidence from martial arts to stand up to that guy and his pal. Um... If I hadn't had that in my back pocket, I probably may not have said anything, which is really sad to admit. Uh, I might have said something quietly, like, oh, you can't say that, Uh, but I wouldn't have got in the guy's face. I wouldn't have done enough to make him stop. Um, So speaking of martial arts, being beneficial to race relations, being beneficial to standing up for what is right, we're going to talk about how the UFC doesn't actually have that much race problems. Was that a 7 out of 10 segue?
1: you just assume don't you you just kind of assume that Dana White is probably a bit racist but uh, you know
0: (laughs) why
2: because but why because he looks like a fucking Nazi
1: yeah yeah and he's 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 a rich white guy and uh, who, who. Gets hookers in Vegas, twenty first but no, I, I, yeah we we were talking about this show. We are trying to we were trying to think of like examples of, of clear cut racism in the UFC because are and as endemic in a lot of sports, um it's quite hard to come up with specific examples for the UFC. I think um I don't know, but the reasons for that might be perhaps because it's more of a recent sport, um and it's it's yeah. not had the historical baggage that's that's came along with uh, a lot of other sports, um having to go through the process of introducing. Uh, black athletes, you know, boxing, basketball, uh, etc. There's mm-hmm. a lot of examples. But um, I don't know. Is, is there any reasons why you think that might be the case?
0: Well, I think Dana White, you assume he's racist because he's the only egg person left on the planet. They all died out in the great egg person massacre, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know. <laughs> but on a serious note, um, I don't know. It could be because it's a sport. Now, it's actually quite surprising because, you know... Even within, I would say even within the last 10 to 15 years, there has been a bigger push towards being um, more responsible with how we portray other people from different places than where we're from, respectively. Um, this is a really weird example, but I am a big fan of Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the new one, 2019. Loved, actually one of the few people that like really enjoy the campaigns in those games, but the campaign in this game was so... Um, well done, it was realistic Um, you know it was kind of a more grounded story it was more about the horrors of war whereas I also recently bought Modern Warfare 2 Remastered which I believe came out about 11 years ago, I've been playing for that which is a bit more bombastic and a bit more um, kind of over the top like a Michael Bay film but what I've noticed about even games, because we've talked about games before, even games from like 10, 15 years ago are a bit more relaxed about who they portray as the bad guys. So in that game, uh the Russians are typically the bad guys, and the USA are the good guys. But I was playing it, and there's a, a mission. Uh, did any of you guys play the Modern Warfare Two campaign? So I don't have to explain. Yeah, it. it. Yeah, uh, yeah,
1: yeah that yeah. was the no Russian one, right? It, no yeah? Russian. I'm not. Yeah, yeah exactly.
0: Yeah. So I'm not even gonna talk about that mission. The mission that, that I actually got, kind of, I won't, I won't say I was disturbed because that's just hyperbole. That's hyper hyperbole. I wasn't disturbed by it, but I was kind of questioning it was the favela mission in Rio de Janeiro, because I was playing it, and you kind of run into the favela at one point in Rio de Janeiro in Brazil, and all of a sudden these favela gang lords just jump out of these shacks and just start shooting at you because you're on their turf or you're after their guy, but it's just kind of random and unexpected, and you're just mowing down hundreds of Bad guys who are people of color, and I'm not saying bad people in media can no longer be people of color, because that's the pendulum swinging like way too far the other way. But it was just funny to see that you know the, when the guys made who made when Infinity Ward made that game, clearly at the time there wasn't much on their shoulders in terms of socially conscious responsibility for race, because that no one really blinked the eye at that. They even did the no Russian infamous mission where you mow down hundreds of civilians as an undercover. CIA operative, trying to pretend he's Russian. Um, compare that to now, with, t- with the newest Modern Warfare, and you have a story where the bad guys are basically ISIS. Um, they kind of mirror the real-life ISIS group, which I think everyone unanimously agrees is a fine group to make an enemy force in a game, because... I'll tell you, no. I
1: tell you I've, 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 I've said this before, always disliked ISIS. Always thought they were... It's a good, a that's a it, good... Uh...
2: It's a yeah, good stance I, to have. I do bunch of She's bad eggs. Controversial, controversial, yeah. but I'm glad
1: controversial. You, you've taken going, a stand that. I'm going with to put it out there. I'm going to put
0: it out <laughs> there. Uh, sorry, Bob. Continue. <laughs> no, um, but you know, I mean, they've they've kind of been a lot more reasoned in who they thought. Right, how can we? Who are we going to portray as the enemy in this game? You know, they've shied even shied away from. I think Russians featuring it a little bit, but mainly it's uh, this ISIS group. So it's just even interesting seeing now. The changes people make to try and think right what's realistic and, the, and what's not going to offend people but i don't think they're looking at it from the perspective of who, who are we not allowed to offend it's more about well, what's responsible you know what you know do we really want to have people of color being the bad guy and you're the heroic white guy maybe they could flip it and make the one of the pro- actually they did make one of the protagonists in this year's game well last year's game black which was quite cool um and yeah i saw lots of people flip out about it it was quite sad to see, um, this guy, I think his name's Gaz in the game, uh, Kyle Garrick, he, in the first Call of Duty, he was a white guy, and then he changed him to a person of colour in this game, and it was really sad to see people complaining about this, when he was such a minor side character. It wasn't like a well-known main character was changed, it was like this random side guy you see, like, once a mission. Um, I think it's it, just funny. The, uh,
1: sorry to interrupt you, unless the original Gaz, unless part of his character was being a white supremacist <laughs> uh, Yeah you can't really take any issue with, with that change and even and, if he was uh, originally a white supremacist there's probably already issues to take um regarding well, mean, I, I, it would
2: be good to take a very uh, Dave Chappelle stance on that and change him to to a person of <laughs> yeah. colour but then have him still be a white supremacist I'd love <laughs> yeah. that I mean, that could be a great stance for the that's, that's for a modern working
1: Far too self-aware
0: for Activision. division, <laughs> I like that, Colin, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, even what made me think about it, I'm sorry, I promise we'll get back to MMA, was it's just because it was on my mind with all this going on. The They delayed the most recent season of Modern Warfare that they have for the Warzone modes, and multiplayer, I guess, to a degree, uh, and they put a splash screen on every loading screen that was a message about Black Lives Matter, which I thought was good, Um I thought it was a little strange because Activision in the past have suppressed speech about like the Hong Kong protests and stuff and I thought, Oh well, now you're choosing to be morally worked out. I don't really that's know. A, that. That's a that's a whole other conversation No, it's we're not we're not yeah, gonna get into that. You could maybe we should though, at some point, because Colin with Overwatch you could talk about Activision. I'm sure what? Colin I mean, there's to a, say a, that, there's yeah. a NBA, NBA tie him. in there's
2: an NBA tie in yeah. to the Hong Kong protest that lost yep, the NBA yep. millions this year which yeah it would take us another 2 hours for me to get into it so but yeah i i would like to have a conversation cuz one of the things i'd like to say is that we um and i've had a lot of people do if we're all of these uh you know continuing the conversation about the black lives matter movement um is not just having a single episode that we do where we bring it up trying to continue to bring these things up on a regular basis mm. so I, would, I wouldn't I would mind in future having a comparison to um, human rights issues in um, China versus Hong Kong and how that compares to how you feel um, to Black Lives Matter um, movements in the western world but that is very 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 very
0: very um, <laughs> in depth and deep um, so I'd say let's leave that on the shelf just now no, let's So let's be accountable, but then let's say next episode we'll talk about that. We okay. may have a, we may have a lot to talk about with fights and stuff, which we've not even touched on yet, but <laughs> let's at least dedicate you know a little bit of time to come back to that and keep it part of the conversation. I know we don't have hundreds of listeners, but, you know, for the people who are I was going to say,
1: well, you, you know, having said that and earmarked next episode for that conversation, uh, the... the 20 or 30 listeners we do have is about
0: to cut in two for, for the next week. <laughs> the next week least, you know. but, I um, they will tuned out. they like, no, that's enough of that. Liberal snowflake up. media. Oh, man. We'll put um, it at the end of
2: the episode, don't worry.
0: <laughs> right, well, sorry for droning on about Call of Duty, but I just, I just noticed that I, over the past couple of weeks, and even the media consume. and um, Even today, I went out for a bit to pick up some stuff, and I was bumping Kendrick Omar, and I thought, I'm totally... You know, um, I'm totally enjoying black art here, and it's kind of silly for me to do that and, not, do that and not care about real issues but at this place. Going, going back to MMA, it so it's the same thing. I'll be watching MMA watch watch a lot, that's why we talk about, lot, talk about a lot. Um, tons um, and tons, tons of people of color in the UFC and MMA, in MMA in general, world in general, um, um to compete, compete all, all over different levels, and you know,
1: you know.
0: We we, we, enjoy we enjoy so much so of their, much of their work, work, so much of their so much craft. Of their craft. Um, it'd, be um, it'd be silly to no, give, no, a, crap give a crap about the things they the think things are they, important. You know, I'm you, to fighters, you know, and I'm not saying you have to follow every single fighter's, you know, you don't have to listen to everything they have to say, but they certainly they say when they, they speak about they things, speak about things, about things matter, that matter, like this, like this. it's important. It's important. Um, um, so... That being said, who's your favorite black fighter? Just kidding. We're not going to talk about that. We're talking about number one, Mike Perry. Oh my goodness! Moving swiftly um, on. Moving swiftly on. So the whole thing was, um, we were talking about how MMA in general, doesn't really seem, at least in the West with the UFC, doesn't really seem to have any issues, issues with racism. Of course it's, of course not, it's nonexistent not non-existent in terms of, in like, I'm sure there's of been like, a couple, couple been comments a couple made, comments but, made but, but there's, I mean, there's little, I mean, there's little, things, there's little I've noticed, things I've noticed, um, like, um, like, if you're on if you're the, the subreddit, subreddit for, for MMA, the MMA, the biggest one, RMMA, you'll see a lot of memes, uh, some of them are just so good, but I, I notice a term that gets thrown around even today are things like black explosive, which is a reference to the assumption that a black fighter is very explosive uh, in their movements because they have uh, fast twitch muscles, I guess you'd call it. Um, whereas, but that's a completely assumed thing. Um, and things like that, I'm not saying it's so—it's totally racist or that you shouldn't say it 100%, because it is always said in soft fun, like a soft kind of reference, but um, in good spirits is what I mean. But maybe it is kind of prejudiced to say things like that. Maybe you shouldn't say things like that.
1: Yeah, it's it's hard to say that it's out now racist, but there's always been something like vaguely creepy, slightly fetishistic about that kind of thing, you know. Like, um it reminds me of um you've both seen the film Get Out, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. and,
1: I, and I, I, near the end, um the 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 guy's girlfriend who's, who's set him up, you know, to be captured by her crazy her racist family. I just, if you've not seen Get Out, yeah. Um, <laughs> she's just sitting there with her popcorn uh, looking at black athletes. Like, she types in oh, NCAA yeah. black athletes into Google or something like that, and she's just sitting yep. there like, scrolling through them. People are, like, using the term black explosive a lot. It slightly puts me in mind of that, of just, like, you know, <sighs> mm. oh, these guys are such specimens, um... <laughs> it's a bit odd, yeah. I, again, I wouldn't necessarily say it's racist, I don't know if it's racist, but it's a bit weird uh, to, to sort of harbour on it or, or say it consistently or look at it as an attribute, you know. Yeah, it um, certainly, that it's
0: certainly a racial attribute that is yeah. a strange
1: thing to, to to sling around,
0: even things like. Um, I, I, I kind of joined MMA, I think, mid 2010s, so there wasn't a lot of this, but I think maybe even in the early days, there probably was people who if you saw a black guy going up against a white guy you would probably think oh the black guy's probably a bit more athletic than him like, it was like a weird assumption now I know that many sports and we're not going to get into all this but I know there's many sports that are, do feature a lot of um, black athletes predominantly like the NBA like NFL however you know, to say oh it's because of their genes or something like that I don't know how true or false that is I'm not going to comment on that what I will comment on though is that that kind of it disempowers them because it takes away what about their hard work that they've put in in the in the gym, you know, what about their willpower to keep training even when they're injured? What about you know um, everything they've sacrificed to get to where they are? Shouldn't that be the focus of where their power comes from, <laughs> rather than oh they've got good genes because they're black? Like that's it's such a silly kind of dated way to look at people of color in sports. I don't, I mean. Again, I don't want to go into what about genetics and stuff because I don't know anything about it, so I'm not going to talk about it. But I know that it, when you predominantly focus on that, that discredits hard work, sacrifice. Well, any, anyone anyone
2: that's sorry to cut in there, but like anyone who is at the top of any sport at that level, <clears throat> regardless of um, any, I'm not again not basing it on race, any physical attribution. Um, as we're all individuals like they're not just there because they are quote unquote born into that like if you're mm-hmm. at the top level of any sport at that like that you've put in countless amount of hours of work dedication mental strength all those kind of things you were saying robert so it's yeah i think classifying any athlete in any way w- without appreciating that is is a bit daft cuz mm. sitting in our armchairs commenting on it is the closest we'll ever get to these kind of things those people are much 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 stronger better not just because of their physical attributes they were born with because they dedicate themselves more than i could ever do or we could ever do to get to that level
0: yep having
1: said that i think it's okay to talk about people's like I don't know how you want to call hmm. it like physical attributes, whatever. It's it's cool. of course as, but, as long course. as it's not like length. Oh, it's not the sole database. focus. Exactly. Yeah. It's like if and you if you like if, 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 if you're gonna you're, put it into a corner yeah. and
2: say like this is the reason this guy is this guy, it's like no 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 no. Yeah like yeah. this is this is the part of the puzzle that makes up a very big puzzle that is the person that you're watching in any sport, whether it's fighting, again, basketball, American football, football, yeah. You know, they they all they all make up multiple aspects and as soon as and again it doesn't necessarily just fall down to race we probably do it quite a lot as well when we talk about athletes and we compare them when it comes to UFC and how they're going to square up against each other we okay. probably don't consider enough of the elements that we can try to understand because that's the purpose of what we're doing here isn't it we're trying to understand who who the fighter is against this fighter why they match up well why they don't match up well but to get to that picture, you need to understand all of the elements that we have at our disposal. And as soon as you start going to the black, black explosive and, and start painting a narrative, which is, we've talked about narrative when we've talked about UFC as well. Narrative is great. It's part of the reason that we love the sport as well. You can build something really well if you've got a good narrative behind it. But if you discredit all the other stuff that makes up the athletes that are fighting, particularly when it comes down to race, it feels a bit, yeah... Sleazy, dirty. I don't know mm-hmm. what the yeah, what the war does there, but yeah, no, just not quite, serious. not
0: quite right. Yeah, not definitely not quite right. Um, yeah, that, I think that's mainly if there was anything I would say that was a little bit iffy when it comes to race with UFC MMA, that's probably it. To be honest, that's the thing I do like. I'm not even gonna lie, to you. that's my favorite thing about MMA is how progressive it is. Because it's not my favorite thing. My favorite thing is two men going in there, some of the bravest people you'll ever see knocking lumps at each other. But you know, I do appreciate that um I do appreciate that you know, you get people from all over the world and it doesn't matter where they're from, they have the opportunity to do well, to be a superstar, to win. Um and you and you get nationalities fighting nationality. It's like Street Fighter, you know what I mean? The game. Yeah. You got a Jabez guy fighting a, a guy from Brazil, you know. Yeah.
1: And and to your point, Robert, uh, Paul Craig is from Cote Bridge. And that really just goes to show that really anybody from any walk of life can <laughs> get in this stage. Do doesn't matter how how difficult your background is, you, you can make it work, you know, you really can.
0: Right, if, if, uh, if Paul Craig can do it, I mean, gives us all a bit of hope, doesn't <laughs> it? Um, that guy
1: though, let me tell you, he is scotch explosive. Uh, 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 I was, Duncan,
2: I was about <laughs> to check you there for uh, for putting the uh, Paul Craig in a corner for his Scottish location. He's put a lot of work in to get to. Win. <laughs> yes. That's my point. He's putting more work than anyone
1: else in making it. Yeah, yeah. Pitch. <laughs> Good man.
0: Good man. Um, but even like I know, th- I think what a big a big help was. Uh, I, I won't sit into him. M- all MMA fans are progressive because they're certainly not, but. Uh, even having things like um, many of your goats and maybe even many of your champions throughout the years and superstars being people of color has been a big thing. I mean, Anderson Silva was the goat for a long time. Uh, Demetrius Johnson, you got John Jones, even guys like Tyron Woodley. I'm telling you, got beat by Kamaru Usman, another person of color. Um, these are all uh, even even BJ Penn, who's a Pacific Islander, I believe. Um, you know. I think the only other person you put in the GOAT suggestion is Khabib, who's Russian, or George St-Pierre, who's French-Canadian. Um, it's a very mixed sport. You see it a lot. You get a lot of exposure to guys. And again, whoever makes it to the top, it's all about how good they are as a person because of their attributes of character. Sure, physicality, if they're born tall, born strong, no matter what colour they are. Um, it's all about who's the best at the best at their weight. And there's not really that's kind of one thing uh, when I used to train people would say is they love training martial arts because it kind of cuts the bullshit um, when you're sparring somebody you know I mean or even rolling with someone in jiu-jitsu you know that's when it's all just about what you can do in that moment you know I think people who are and again there are some scumbags who slip through the cracks but I think generally martial arts does kind of level people out and make people realize the, yeah. the cost of human life you know and get, build a bit more respect I don't know I'm rambling now but what, what do you guys no, think I think you're,
1: I think you're uh, spot on Robert and there's, there's something to be said as well just kind of to throw in with all that um, about like how accessible it is uh, if you want to put it that way because mm-hmm. it's not a sport where I mean you know more about this than, than you do uh, does Robert but in, mm-hmm. in America I understand the athletics are set up in such a way that there, there is a high school career then a varsity career then you're drafted, um, everything is kind of regimented and structured in a manner that you have to go down very specific routes to get to the top of your sport, and that's not been, never has been, and doesn't look to be the case with MMA, uh, or with with, Mm -hmm. with boxing, you know, you can kind of include combat sports as a whole, and that's the reason it's tended to be quite a, in a relative sense, quite a socially progressive, uh, you know, T- type of sport, uh, boxing, MMA all that sort of thing, because anyone from any walk of life has an easier path to the octagon um, to a, a world title, whatever it may be however far they get in the sport, than they might do if there's stuff that's preventing them from, I don't know if it's maybe grades or general yeah, so records, all that? sorts uh, like, yeah social yeah.
2: economic background that exactly. ultimately means that you can't, you can't go through the routes that you'll get scouted to get into yeah. Said sport,
1: yeah. I mean, you never hear of anyone like, you know, have been a, a drug addict or going to prison and then getting themselves together again and then finding themselves and succeeding through golf. You know, mm. uh, it's it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be a combat yeah. sport. It's going to be something that there's a low barrier of entry to that um, doesn't kind of farm from uh, all these varsity programs and have a, like a really long indentured route to sort of become yeah. successful in. and there's something to be said for that it's, it's perhaps not intentional but just the way the sport's kind of built up it's, it's led to that being the case and it's, it's probably a good thing for people of uh, less privileged backgrounds and, uh, than, it, than it is relative to other sports at the very least
2: mm-hmm. I mean I think and, so, uh, but it, fall, right. it falls into a category of sports that are quote unquote like combat sports are um, working class based sports yeah. um whereas yeah like the class system around sports exists um and it's like when you look at golf when you look at tennis you look at um i don't know like like sailing kayaking they're all considered sports but what's your barrier to entry if you so me and you duncan uh, and robert you want to take up sailing how do we do that? We need a fucking bolt. <laughs> this,
1: this is what I've always wondered. I'm sure I'm just being really ignorant here, but this is what I've always wondered about F1. It's like, how many people get to... I don't, how does that... How do you even get to... Is a really out good question. Train to be. I don't. I don't understand it at all. I literally.
2: Um, Is a really good. I'm, I'm. I'm sure there's loads of people that could tell yeah. us that. I, There'll be I'm someone who's that.
1: screaming at this podcast, thinking actually, F1's got all these programs. <laughs> I can tell I'd you be, right I'm, I'm now, sure, and, and, sure. and but,
2: he'll appreciate the shout out. Um, maybe not with the F1 shout, but definitely when it comes to motocross. Um, John, John Gobray, <laughs> <yeah>, big big <laughs> John. Possibly. He'll he'll tell shout us. He'll John. tell us yeah. via message that he's There's there's plenty of ways that you can get into those sports. We've just not been looking in the yeah. right places, though. You keep dreaming, John. You keep
1: dreaming. <laughs> <a pass. laughs> i i no, I, hear,
2: I hear he's uh, on the up and up. Any day now, he's gonna he's gonna break into the scene. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> and we are speaking from a position of ignorance. There, we don't really know, but it's just something no. I have always wondered about. Um, but there about, is definitely the point you...
2: there. The point there is that there's definitely class-based stuff when it comes to sport. And uh, like soccer slash uh, football is one that's always been quite working-class as a sport. Um, and I think yeah. that probably has pretty decent grassroot entry for general people if you've got yeah. the skill it's just at such a high level compared to MMA uh, as a sport that you need to be scouted at a young age or you're almost so, dismissed uh, Yeah, yeah. Um, but when it comes to combat sports it does feel like, and not dismissing the people that get to that, it's almost like they're looking for um, and you've got more opportunity not having to follow a route from A to B to B to C to C to D to get that first opportunity. You can't. You if you work hard enough, you have the opportunity at the ground level to be good if you've got everything that it takes.
1: Yeah, and it's still, it's worth saying, it's still enormously difficult, like, in, in a regional league, you know, when you first went pro, I don't know what these people are making, but mm. if it was like $100 a fight, honestly, that wouldn't surprise me. Like, I've I heard yeah. a lot of prom- promoters out for blood um, who are just going to take advantage of you, Um partially because it's it's not as well regulated as, as other more mainstream sports. But nevertheless I think that yeah you're you're right, Colin, I think the point still stands. Yeah.
0: This, that's a good point so we both use. Um I think um if there's anything that proves that anyone has the opportunity to get into combat sports, it is the UFC's heavyweight division and most of the UFC's women's divisions. <laughs> yeah yeah. No not not to throw shade that you know well I'm throwing shade whatever but you know you have people like Besh Kohea and I think women's 135 who started training in her late 20s just get exercise and then she fought for a world title like over oh, a couple of years yeah, and you she have was, guys she was like,
1: like an accountant I think yeah and, <laughs> and then, then just, you have guys
0: like yeah. yeah sorry then you have guys like Travis Brown who started, he would played basketball in college, I believe, in Hawaii, and then he moved to, I think he moved to California and played a wee bit, but then, you know, he started boxing and doing jiu-jitsu at, like, his late 20s, and then he was, you know, I don't think he fought for a title, but he was up there in terms of heavyweights. So, yes, yeah, <laughs> the, the difference in accessibility for these sports at their highest levels is just bananas. And maybe, like, I don't know, 50 years from now, if MMA's still going, um, maybe you will get kids like doing like a, a high school jiu-jitsu career and then a high a college jiu-jitsu career. I mean, I doubt it, but you never know. But the sports um, that we're
2: comparing it to, though, are more, much more traditional and much more embedded and like they've had the time to develop these, and again, depending on what the, the, the barriers are to entry, but even when I'm comparing it to football, which is considered a, I'm doing quotation marks because obviously people can't see that, uh, but like a, a like a working class uh, grass level sport, you know, it's been it's so traditional and how it's been built into these segmented points to get to being good at it, to get to the mm. professional league. Um, you know, the MMA doesn't have anywhere close to that. It's not it's yeah. like it's got it's got, it's hundred and twenty years shy of having that level of obviously the sports, or sorry, the combat um, sports existed that make up MMA, but the actual MMA itself. Regionalized leagues didn't exist hundreds of years before any of these yeah. other ones, so they've not had the time to develop those. It goes to what you're saying, Duncan, first there, and the fact that it's not regulated and that can be taken advantage of, probably at a low level, but also has these opportunities for fighters. Um, and I am completely speaking um out of assumption here, but like, you know, to to make those leaps to get through the hoops that don't exist in other sports that have those barriers because you'll get shut down too early you don't you can't you can't progress you can't get spotted
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is it's, it's sad in a way because it means that the three of us sitting here have no excuses as to why we've not um, made it as any <laughs> athletes. We've been having to save for ourselves. It, would, it was all there for us,
2: you know. I've, I've, I've already good, said so. that. I've already said Duncan that it's completely based to the fact that people are much better at us when it comes to their commitment, effort, and strength. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, um, okay, we'll put put that to one side.
0: I mean, yeah, I might I might be I'm in, I'm the same age as Travis Brown was when he started, but I can't even bother my arse to go to Jiu Jitsu twice a week, so <laughs> you know, that's the first problem. Uh maybe if I get over that, you never know. But it sincerely does it. Um Yeah, uh, I, I don't really want to get into other topics this week like fight or pay, that's been a big thing. But yeah. something else to note about um the way sports have de- the big sports have developed is you don't have to, you don't really have to pay for anything mostly like when you're a kid yeah like your parents have to pay for you to play in teams and they have to buy you gear like if you're playing football slash soccer um, but in college I mean you get scholarships that stuff's provided for you as far as I know you don't you're not yeah. paying your coach to teach you how to play soccer or football whereas MMA even guys at the top level are paying their trainers like upwards of 15 grand a camp mm-hmm. you know what I mean it's a bit it's like what like they're actually having to pay out of pocket to get better at a sport because there aren't institutions in place to kind of streamline them to the top. And I really hope we get to a place where something like that could happen. It'd be great to see young talent, you know, get picked up and be like, right, you know, you're off, come with us. We'll pay for your room and board. We'll pay for your training. You know, you just have to represent us or whatever it is, you know, and they'll get their cut through that. But uh, with the way UFC set up, it is kind of sleazy with its money at the moment. Um, (laughs) Got to cut in
2: there and say... NCAA isn't exactly the crowning jewel when it comes to uh, oh, no, 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 being not sleazy not. with money.
0: <laughs> well, that's the thing, because everyone talks about that, the fact that these guys are, in some places, just as popular as the Pro League, mm. and yeah, they don't get paid a cent, and yeah. maybe there's backdoor payment going on, like behind the scenes. But maybe- you can
2: get completely struck as an organisation, and... As a player, if you get caught with anything like that, there's rules regulated by NCAA almost completely prevent players getting any kind of compensation at any level while they play at that that um, that level before they hit professional.
0: Yeah, for sure. Which I think uh, I
2: think the winds are changing in that personally, going from what I've seen recently. Um, again, my only only real point of reference is always going to be the NBA, but the NBA have have almost they've made a team that they're putting into their development league for players that would normally go to college um, that they're going to pay and it's an incentivization for players to get a scholarship paid by the NBA so they're going to get an education alongside playing for a professional league that they also get paid for and it, it's almost forcing I think the NCAA have, have started coming out on a basketball level, level anyway don't know about anywhere else saying that they're going to start um, potentially looking at pay revenue for athletes um, because it is disgusting <laughs> that organisations and coaches and everything that surrounds a, a, a university uh, can profit so much off a player that could completely like they could blow a knee and tear an ACL in their third year of uh, university or college and then never play a single professional game and have zero... Th- Compensation apart from an education out of it, which you know, education great, but there was millions off the back of those th- you know twenty five thousand seat stands that are full of people coming to watch that that player play when he's there, and he's getting nothing from it.
0: Yeah,
2: that's again another big conversation that I know I keep diverting uh, our conversation, but like that's a, that's one that I'm quite passionate about as well. Um, well. And it's a it's a really interesting point that you're making, Robert. There when you're saying about. The, almost the instit- institution of uh, MMA and how the UFC fits into it and how you, we want more structure to allow more vis- visibility of the sport and more um, opportunities for people when they get to the level to that you know you don't have to fight on a Saturday night and work seven nights as well. <laughs> like you've you've just yeah. finished a six hour shift and you're going to fight, you're gonna get hundred quid as Duncan had said, potentially to, to to do that fight, to get the exposure to potentially make that next step. As much as that's great because you've got the opportunity to make that step, you're having to make sacrifices to do it. So there's better there's maybe a better way of doing it. Um but it, NCAA is I don't think the best the best one necessarily to compare it to as a, a structure that they should be shooting for but I can see no, the no. UFC
0: absolutely fucking loving it <laughs> probably yeah it probably would be the next step before they actually get to a place where they're actually paying people appropriately um, <laughs> but we'll see um, if you guys don't really have much else to add we could because uh, we've got a few minutes left we're trying not to go for two hours you know um that's what <laughs> i uh, are on it. I think we're on about an hour and fifteen now. Okay. Maybe okay. a little bit less. Um But you have, we're not gonna recap the UFC that just happened because it was a dumpster fire UFC fight against <laughs> Saskatoon, uh Headlined by Jessica I and Cynthia Calvillo N- No thank you. Uh not a great card. Don't have no desire to cover it How about you guys. Pass <laughs> no. No. Comically weak. With name power, um, out of all the people in that card, I'm so surprised Jessica Hyde was the person they thought we should headline a card. But um, especially when she missed weight. But anyway, we're gonna go back in time another week and talk about UFC 250. Uh, I think before we started recording, we talked about changing the format of this a bit. I it takes a lot of time. They're gonna go through fight by fight, and not all fights have really got a lot to say about. You just kind of up saying the same things. So. I mean, if you want an analysis, go listen to Jack Slack, go listen to the Heavy Hands podcast, you know. Um, We're more here just to kind of talk about it as an interest. I definitely cannot add much beyond that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just wanted to ask what stood out basically for you guys in the card as a whole. And you can talk about it as much as you want at length. It's just instead of going fight by fight, just talk about it as a whole. Do you guys want me to go first? Do you, do you guys want to go first?
2: Let, let me go first because I'll be very shallow because I didn't watch it, go. obviously. Because that's uh, it's go. my MO. I, I jump into these fucking things. You tell me what happens. It's great, boys. I appreciate every second you give me. Um, so Here's Another King of the Casuals quest for you. <laughs> King of the Casuals, perfect. Um, the only thing I really saw and the only thing that stood out to me is obviously Nunes, uh, dominant, incredible, no, I cannot add much more beyond what I've probably already said in the past. Um, I'd love to see her challenged a little bit more, but there's nobody there to do it. Um, the one, th- the other thing that really stood out was, uh, obviously, the redemption and the comeback of Cody. I haven't seen Cody fight in a long, long time. Cody came into my, perf- like my peripheral when uh, he was obviously fighting uh, Dominic, um, and I was. As I think I said when we spoke last time, was that last one we were talking about Dom's fight, and he lost. Is that right? Yeah, that was. It. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry yeah. about the decision.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That was. A, yeah. So so I, I I love Dominic Cruz because if he's there. Uh, Loquacious way that he describes fights when he's on the mic, um, and I'm a big fan of that. I think he describes things as a king of the casual to me that I fully understand. Whereas uh, Joe Rogan can shout a lot, and as much as I love a lot of the other analyst guys, um, like DC, I think sometimes they can get bogged down in a lot of short commentary that I am struggling to follow. Uh, I think Dominic does a really good job of breaking things down at a very simple level, Um, so I loved him straight away, and he obviously fought and he lost Um, so I was interested um, to see Cody fight again after such a long, long, long time I honestly thought he was gone, like I I thought he'd retired, Mm. I didn't see anything but I just assumed he was gone Um, and to see the knockout and see his redemption arc potentially, if you want to call it a redemption arc. I was, yeah, I was into. It. I'd, I'd love to see him getting back to the point that he's fighting for, for a, a title again. Um, as much as I think he's a bit of a wank, uh, I don't really base that in much. <laughs> I don't really, but it just seems like a bit of a wank. But I, I mean, I can, I can like a bit of a wank sometimes. He's, he's, he's g- good, good fun. Um, so yeah, I, and the knockout obviously speaks for itself. It was uh, yeah, it was, it was fucking. Incredible! Uh, the fucking, uh, <laughs> it was so unexpected. Uh, it was right on the buzzer. I've not seen anything that close. I don't think at that, that like that almost absolute. When you see like end of the round, complete knockout guy can't even stand. Can't go on the stool that they're giving him. Um, oh, so yeah, good. that that was obvious. I think you'll probably both say something similar when you get to that fight. Probably just a little bit more in depth than me. Uh, but yeah, that that was the, the the big thing I took away and really much enjoyed watching.
0: Cool man. Uh, Duncan, next, or are you go next. You uh, go next.
1: yeah, I'll, I'll go next. I don't have much add to add to what Colin said. I the Amanda Nunes, Lisa Spencer, whatever, uh, Cody Garban. It's really good to see him back. Um, Cause he's been knocked out the exact same way in his last three fights, um, but uh, you know uh, he's always been someone who on with the right coaching on when the right fight could be like one of the best in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was nice to see him get back on form, so that's that's good. I agree with Colin. He's a bit he's a bit douchey, but I do really like him. He's he's kind of like a hipster T two Ortiz, in the nonsense that he says. Uh, and I've always loved that well um, I don't know if you've seen it but there's a UFC <laughs> there's a UFC embedded and, and for those that don't know this is the documentary where they follow these fighters around before they, they fight uh, so like usually a few parts on YouTube and they lead up to the fights but um, yeah, one of G1 his embedded episodes was him going for the most bio science procedure I've ever seen in my life where uh, he got uh, a, you might know what I'm talking about but he got a doctor yeah. to um, a doctor This guy wasn't wasn't not I don't know what he was wasn't a <laughs> He He's <laughs> about as his much guy, so not I'm going to put balloons like balloons that yep. were not inflated right up his nose, like right up <laughs> there, like jam it right up his nose, and then rapidly inflate them extremely quickly. Uh, this was the <laughs> that, guy- that he had done before his fights, and it's an astonishing thing to watch. Uh, and him try and act like it's good for him. <laughs> and get up from that after having his his, uh, his nasal cavity blown to smithereens and just... Uh, it's like, yeah, I've got a really clear head now. That's brilliant. I, I love um, just douchey bro science, stuff like that. I, I like Horry Garbant, right, by extension. But yeah, it's good to see him back. That's the point I'm getting at. I don't really have anything to add about the fight. Um, shame for so because he kind of always comes up short, but I think what are you going to do? Uh, the only other thing I'd, I'd really touch on was uh, it's good to see Sean O'Malley back. Um, mm-hmm. this is a guy who's kind of been hyped up as someone who has the potential to be a kind a crossover star, if you like. Um, like People have been saying he, he could be the, the next Conor McGregor. Uh, and both by like the way he fights, he's kind of similar. He's got a big left hand and um, that sort of thing. But also just he's, people think he has a really interesting personality. I don't quite see it myself, but you know it's interesting to see someone who could uh, who's got a lot of hype behind them? I do like it when there's a a hype train on the go. Uh, and there was also Aldemir Sterling and Cody Sandhagen, um which was really impressive from Sterling. I think he should be definitely getting the next title shot for the the vacant White belt. He won't. Uh, I think it will be. I think he'll be in lock corner. I think it'll be your man Dominic Cruz again. Um yes. Making that the old man division. where they just uh, have fighters coming <laughs> Reci- up losses, re- so.
2: yeah, re- recycle it. Getting back in. Yeah. That's that's all I want.
1: And, and, and we've, we've, this is kind of well chrome down in this podcast about how absolute nonsense uh, the bio <laughs> fights are, but this just kind of goes to, to cement that. But, you know, Algemeen did really well. That's it. Uh, what are your thoughts, Bob?
0: <laughs> I think if there was ever a biopic made about Cody Garbrandt's life, he'd either be played by Zach Efron or Dave Franco. Meanwhile, <laughs> if there was one made about Sean O'Malley, it'd be played by James Franco. <laughs> yeah. um, just because man code, I know what you're talking about I saw that clip. Uh, I'd like to think him I'd, I'd like to think him at least like a purple belt when it comes to Reddit MMA memes. Uh, quite well versed <laughs> in them but the one with like Cody doing stuff with the boys, getting knocked out with the boys, getting balloons in the nose with the boys um, man that there's something low? there
2: Robert there's something there. I
0: genuinely think we can make something here. He's very endearing, the, I think. Is is the yeah. To, 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 to Cody? Yeah. I, I don't really think he's a wank. I think he's just a kind of lovable idea. Um, I, I made a I made a joke on on there that, you know, if we all got to choose our builds at the start of our life, Cody would definitely have just put all his IQ points into head movement and boxing, but but Who's not into stats? anything else. Aye, his stats would be off the chart for that, but nothing else. Uh, <laughs> apart maybe speed and agility, uh, but getting getting kind of serious with it. Well, actually, to continue that for a second, the man who put balloons up his nose was an alleged chiropractor, I believe. Okay. I don't know I don't know oh, why I guy... That I makes complete why, sense, chiropractor. Yeah, yeah. Quackity. Um, <laughs> he's like, yeah, bro, totally opens up my airways and I can breathe better. And uh, yeah, this is totally <laughs> great. And meanwhile, Uriah Fable's <laughs> in the background just going, yep, yep, that's right. Yep. I'm not going to argue with what's happening here. Favour <laughs> is actually the only... I think he's the only smart guy at Team Alpha Male. Um, my favourite part of the Embedded leading up to this, I didn't watch much of it, but I caught this on Scotty Carbrant training with Mark Henry for this fight, and then, I, I, I can't remember, I'm thinking of misremembering it, but it's the whole idea that he had that beef with TJ Dillashaw because TJ is a snake in the grass. You know, he left us behind. I seen this movie. Yeah, so and he's cheating yeah. with Mark Henry. And he's like, "Oh no, it's different, bro. I just needed to get a little different look this time." You know, and it's like you're doing the same thing that your arch nemesis for a while was doing. The exact same thing. Yeah. They I loved that narrative but yeah. I loved, I loved that narrative between
2: the, 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 the leaving the gym, left <laughs> bros behind. I thought it was. Oh, it was amazing. classic. That, that's what made those fights.
0: Well, you know, <laughs> who came up with that narrative? Conor McGregor, you mm-hmm. can thank him later. Oh, really? Yeah, because it was the Ultimate Fighter. I don't remember what season, but it was he was a coach and Uriah Faber was a coach, and I can't remember if they're meant to fight or something ah. like that. But they were never meant to fight, no. No, they're never gonna fight. But there was a lot of banter back and forth. It was pretty good. But one of them was they were just sort of all sitting around in the bleachers or the, for no reason, and uh, Con TJ walks in and Conor's like, "Oh, there's a little snake in the grass now." and then like keep saying snake in the grass it's like <laughs> you should have a word with him he took your boy away you brought him out of high school and like that's a terrible Connor oh but my
2: god I, how did I not know that that's amazing he totally
0: like, I was it. so
2: into the the Dillashaw Garbaran like fucking triangle with Alpha Male and Uriah Faber like being a wee hype man behind it all it was fucking amazing I, didn't, you've, you've, I did not
0: know that originated
2: from Connor but oh, that's great you've
0: probably seen the clip though where it's like Connor's like you're arguing the teams and he's like you want to do something about it and Corey dad goes yo I'll do something about it and like gets in Connor's face and then the two teams <laughs> and, have to separate them
1: and then the best part comes after that Robert. oh yeah um, the big, oh, yeah. big Swedish uh, guy David Tamer who's in he's one of the contestants uh, they're all shouting at each other back and forth they're all pushing and he just sort of pushes through the crowd and he says oh I don't want to get this wrong uh, you better take care of your underwears. <laughs> I'm going to go, fuck you Yeah, and they are look in Cody's face as he just struggles to process what's just been said to him and the whole thing it completely diffuses the situation they both just kind of both of the, the teams who are fighting just kind of down tools and go their separate ways after he says that it's a, it's God, a that man
2: goes. sounds like a hero
1: <laughs> what
2: a <laughs> you? I hope I've not misquoted him. Um
1: but it's something, I feel like something,
2: even something if you have Dub, I feel like you were you your heart was in the right place with what you what you
0: said. So I think you were on the mark. <laughs>
1: Thank
0: you. Cody man, I love it. Cody Garbrandt is a gold mine for memes. He says a lot of stuff that you know what he's trying to say, but he just doesn't have the facilities to say it <laughs> properly I don't think you had the facilities for that big man. You know, it's it's really uh he said something to Dominic Cruz, I don't want to super repeat it, but um, it's the where the meme, like, what are you talking about, came from where him and Dominic were talking trash before their fight on the mic. And, <laughs> and Cody said, uh, I've never had to chase uh, women. He said, pussy, but he said, I've never had to chase women all my life. And on Saturday night, I'm not doing it. And Tom goes, what are you talking about? And he goes, what are you talking about? Like right back at him. But if you think about it, what he's saying is he's never had to chase women because, you know, he's bravado, athletic, whatever, handsome. And he's comparing that to not chasing Dominic and falling into his counter-attacking game plan. I believe that's what he was really trying to say. He was trying to make a...
2: That's insightful as hell.
0: But everybody just thinks he was just making a point about that he gets women and. Cody's a woman too or something like that I don't know (laughs) no one one sees a deeper understanding of the genius the disabled genius of Cody Garbrandt but enough about enough enough about him Uh, I really hope if there's an MMA movie made Zac Efron plays him it would be perfect Um, but Sean O'Malley another man Bantamweight is just becoming banterweight isn't it Sean O'Malley fantastic knockout over Eddie Wineland Eddie was Look, looking quite good for the first little bit of their first round, but uh, Sean, I believe... What what Sean O'Malley does really well is he sells he sells his feints very well. At least he did it this time. Um, he doesn't oversell things. He, perf- he basically perfectly faked an uppercut and a jab before his right hand to put him away. Um, j- just so precisely, at just the right level to actually get a veteran like Eddie Weiland thinking, oh, he is going to do that. Um, I think that's what makes him so good. He's really good at putting people in positions where they get knocked out. Um, I'm really excited for him to fight someone big name next. I don't really know if I want to see him fight another middle of the road kind of guy. I want to see. I'm all for just being like, screw it, put him against Cody Garbrandt or someone like that. But the issue is, the UFC probably want to maximize both of them because they have a lot of name power, so they're yes, probably going to put him yeah. against different opponents trying to get more money out of them, which, you know, it's business. I don't have a problem with it, as long as they get appropriate opponents. Uh, skipping the Magny's fight, because it was oh, just a lot of clinching. Aljamain Sterling, man, I was so upset. Not the Aljamain one because I like Aljamain Sterling a lot, and it was super impressive, but I really wanted to see a striking match between him and Corey Sanhagen. I was saying for a long time, Corey Sanhagen um, is the dark horse. Bantamweight, he's coming up, you know, he's rising, he's got a really different look. He, he fights like, and looks like the <laughs> the illegitimate child of Dominic Cruz and Paul Felder um, best back tattoo in the UFC in my opinion uh, but Aljo did not let him the chance to get comfortable counter attack, ran straight at him put the pressure on him, got his back and mean such so good on the ground, just dominated him on the ground, got that choke really quickly he definitely deserves a title shot Cody Garbrandt's knockout man oh my goodness um, the first round ended with him I said I wouldn't get analytical but I just i really appreciate what he did. The first round ended with him kind of backing up against the cage and kind of going alright, well I'll lose my head movement and show off for a little bit and you know, he didn't get touched Second round comes along and very similar situation, he's back to the fence again um, Now, where I was talking about his IQ points of boxing, he knew the punch that Rafael Santos was going to throw he knew he was probably going to throw a big left right hook because it's the end of the round, he's trying to get damage done he's going to come forward Cody ducked to his right, which I believe would be how you slip the second punch that's coming, but he preemptively Now again, I'm going off of that Cody Garbant is a disabled genius here. That he's unappreciated. He knew the second punch was coming. So he preemptively dodged early to throw off Raphael's first punch. Because when you look at the replay, his punches are kinda like he hits him in the chest and he barely scrapes him. It's almost as if he like in a millisecond hypnotised. <laughs> I'm probably giving Cody too much credit here. I'm looking way too into this. But he used his head movement in such a way that Raphael hesitated and he actually created a space to throw that big right hand knock him out. It was a big arsewinder. It was a big haymaker. But, I mean, coming from a guy with that much speed, as they say, speed kills. I'm sure Cody said that several times. Um, I think, man, Sean O'Malley and Cody both vying for knockout of the year uh, both vying for best walk-off KO of all time Pro- there's other ones up there but I've never seen um, it happen in bantamweight so easily either usually it's the higher weight clashes you get like Mark Hunt walk-off KOing people and uh, yeah Man used Felicia Spencer as a semi-intelligent moving punching bag for five rounds there's not much to say about that fight I don't know I mean Felicia Spencer seems like a decent grappler but this day and age with UFC that's not enough You don't really need to know how to chain it all together. Her boxing looked terrible. It looked like she'd never boxed a day in her life. Um, She had her elbows in. Her her elbows were closer together (laughs) than her wrists were. Um, Flailing around in front of her as a guard. It just wasn't a good look. Kind of surprised Amanda couldn't get her out. But if you remember the cyborg fight that Spencer had, um, cyborg battered the crap out of her as well for a bit. Uh, and she lost that the same way. just got battered for five rounds. I knew she had a good chin going into this. She's probably got the most Tony Ferguson chin of the women in the women's divisions. Uh, I mean, she can take it, but Amanda just couldn't really put her away. But she, Amanda did a good job of... Um, I know a few times Drew was like, oh, Amanda's got to watch out because it's on the ground. And I'm like, All right, Amanda's also a jiu-jitsu black belt. She's not, you know, she knows what she's doing. Um, I think the problem is now, who the heck did they fight? You know, that's... Such a one forty five women is barely a division because there's like four people in it. Um,
2: that was that was kind of my point as well, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> like when I was, my my commentary on it was Nunez looked incredible, but give her some somebody that's gonna challenge her.
0: Yeah, I need I give her praise, man. She's great, uh, and I want to see her yeah, challenge. It's
2: nothing against her. That's the thing. Like it's it's just a shame that you can't see someone that can that can put her. uncomfortable positions and show the talent that she probably is still not necessarily
0: showing us because she doesn't have to yeah man another another reason i think it was a bit short-sighted of the ufc to make jessica i and Cynthia calviola headline a card was i mean the fight before it was the woman's goat the champ champ headlining it how do you compete with that as a woman you know i mean amanda's the goat double champ no one, I mean, the only person that ever came close to beating her was Valentina Shevchenko, and uh, oh, she's also just got a Modello ad.
1: I think Katzengano beat her. Did she? I think she did, yeah.
0: Mm, I think you're right, yeah. I'm she's not, not saying she...
1: that that means Katzengano is actually the woman. Oh, goal, no, no. But, um, I I
2: she's not undefeat- advocating for Magano uh, being the the goat, it's what I'm hearing in this
0: conversation. Okay, I we'll yeah. <laughs> um, Even as, like, in this case? a cat. Yeah, Even as, she, like, she um, did,
1: yeah. but not that that matters, to your point still stands. But I just, uh, definitely get like, she's not lost a fight, um, in a long many time, maybe a year. So,
0: yeah, and plus, uh, you know, she ticks all the boxes when it comes to marketing. She's female, um, she's actually gay, she's got a wife, and they have a baby on the way. Uh, Amanda Nunez snatching away first ever UFC champion that's a mother from uh, Michelle Watterson. I know Michelle Watson was trying to. That was like her goal. She wanted to be mom champ, or mum champ, wherever you're from. And Amanda's just like, "That's cute, but I'm going to do it first. Sorry. <laughs> um, but I, I really hope. I'd like. To, I'd like to see a a fight with Valentina Shevchenko again. Because where else do you go? You just bring in nobodies to fight them.
1: It's happened twice already. I don't. I don't really. I don't really want to see it again. I, I just. Um, no. Yeah. It was, wasn't even like good fights. Well, I mean, they were good, but they were boring. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know if that means they were good or not, but. Uh, yeah, I kind of feel like you just kind of have to keep cycling through that bantamweight division and see if any contenders arrive. Yeah, mm. uh, there's not much else to do now that you know you do the cyborg pretty much. I think people would be interested to see that, even though it was very one-sided. But she's a weight or now, so. Yeah. you can't even can't even look at that. Yeah, it's, it's tricky. Not much, not many options.
0: Yeah, well, we'll leave it to people who are a bit more invested in the ins and outs of the UFC, a bit more qualified to, to match make we are. Um, I'm excited though, looking ahead, I'm trying to see what's next. Curtis Blades and Alexander Volkov next weekend. Shane Burgos and Josh. It's actually not a bad week card. Um it's a UFC fight night. Dustin Poirier is fighting Dan Hooker, that just got announced on June twenty seventh. I'm looking forward to that. Anything you guys looking forward to in the future or is it you just kind of I mean I know we've got two fifty one coming up.
2: I was gonna I was gonna say two fifty two is where my
0: eyes are.
1: Bring on Fight Island, oh. that's, that's all I can say. Yeah. We
0: forgot to mention, they revealed yes, the Fight Island is in Abu Dhabi, it's it's about as much an island as Manhattan Island is in New York. <laughs> Actually, less so, because it's man-made. And, it's called Yas Island. Yas! Yeah. Yes! <laughs> what are the odds of that? It's unbelievable, <laughs> but, man, yeah, 252, we're going to see Cormier and Stipe rematch. Oh, man, I would love for, I know you're a huge Stevie fan, Colin. I love DC to get it done in retire. Don't say
2: it, no. Nah, don't say it, no. Not, not into it, mate. But well, I w- want Stevie to keep that fucking, keep that title, man. Cormie K- is a great guy. I mean, I'm actually been really enjoying his uh, his commentary over this quarantine period when he's been talking to, um, oh, um, what's the reporter's name? Um. Uh, yeah 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 um yeah they're uh, together yeah i've i've of course cuz he's actually started again literally fucking broken record he's started covering NBA games this year um so i became hyper aware of him and it's weird that there's a reporter that covers at that high level on both the sports that i care about um but yeah i've, I've really been enjoying his talks um with dc but yeah, you're not. He's not gonna replace Steepy as what. I, if if the if Slash when they fight again, then I don't want. Uh, I don't want
0: Steepy to lose. <laughs> <laughs> you know me. I'm just a big DC D rider. Um Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, look on the bright side. If DC wins and retires, then the belt is vacant. You have Steepy rematch and uh, upgraded Francis. That'd be a pretty good fight. That
2: seems terrifying. I think he might die, so let's not let (laughs) that happen. (laughs) That fight is still like, I it feels like a dream when I think back on it. Being like, I went into that fight assuming Stevie was going to die, and I was like fuck me man, what's going on? he's got fucking, he's, he can take these punches he's, oh, he's fucking on top of him what's happening here? Nganu's fucking human uh, but since then that that fucking bionicle upgrade that he's had in the last year, or a year and a half uh, terrifies me to fucking death, so let's uh, let's keep him away from that title fight eh? we'll see <laughs> well, maybe we will get
0: a wee ECL no, whoever
2: wins is definitely fighting to be fair, it has to be Nganu
0: has to be next up, right? Definitely, in my opinion. Um, yeah. No definitely. The other thing I'm excited for, 251, you've got Camaro Osman and Gilbert Barnes, who's on an absolute tear. Might be the fastest someone's had back-to-back wins leading to a title fight ever, I think. Um, for UFC welterweight strap, you've got Volkanovski and Max Holloway rematch, co-main featherweight, and you've got Peter... or Is it Peter or Poiter? Peter Yan fighting Jose Aldo for the Bantamweighters. Is a stupid matchup. Aldo has... He, it doesn't make any sense that he's fighting for it they're just obviously yeah, trying to squeeze out the last the last just, the last
2: of the Aldo name that is yeah. literally all they're doing there it should Same be with Cruz um, should should be be who's,
1: who's completely untouched and could just fight again after that Sandhagen fight um, he'll probably yeah, be we'll on be standby on fight, you
0: know. yeah. yeah definitely um, he'll be on standby then you've got the Jessica and and Rose Namajuna's rematch that's gonna be good that's a banner, I think yeah. a see good women's fights I love them I just I just want to jump into the future ten years of fights when women have had the chance to catch up with the skill level. Oh, it'll be great. And then you've got Paige Van Zandt and Amanda Ribas. Uh, Paige Van Zandt, marketable. She's still fighting. she has been. She took time off. I think she broke her arm. Then she was pregnant. She I was think. on like
1: Dancing with the Stars or something. One
0: of those yeah. I
2: remember her being on. Yeah, like s- something. But I thought she did. She not say she retired or am I imagining
0: that? I I, I can't even tell you, man. I'm not that much of a fan, to be honest. You yeah. know. Uh, but, but it's you been know, a
2: long time since you fought.
0: But yeah, yeah. So let's look forward to though. I think because that's a wee bit in the future. The next episode we'll do if we do one soon is probably going to be topical again. Uh, we'll try and talk about, you know, we'll come back to the situation and with the protests and um, just probably reinforce again our support of it. Um, but yeah, what did, what did we say we were going to talk about? We said
1: yeah, we was, uh, We something. said we were yeah. going
2: to do a, a uh, Hong Kong to China relations in comparison oh, yeah. to how you feel to yeah. Black Lives Matter movement. <laughs>
1: well see you all there. See you all there. Um, but... I would.
2: I. I would like to. Uh, I'd like to. Now that the NBA has officially announced that, come uh, July thirtieth, it was originally thirty first. They are coming back to play. Uh, the a, a portion of the end of the season within the playoffs, it's happening in uh, Orlando. Uh, so Disney. Uh, literally on the Disney lot. Um, I would love to. I'd love to see. Uh, our love to have a conversation about how they're approaching that, both in relation to the race re- related stuff, and in relation to. <laughs> Sorry, Duncan's making weird fucking movements. Uh, yeah, the relation related stuff and the corona stuff, because both are topical related to uh, how they can how they have managed it compared to the UFC. Um, and I, I think a lot of people are following it quite closely. So we've not touched on that in any depth, and I could speak for two hours straight easily on that. So I don't want to overtake our topic run. So if we could squeeze that in, I would be very happy.
0: Is episode nine going to be... A Colin hosted episode of Don't expect It could be. It genuinely could. You could just you don't need to
2: show up to be honest. I'll just sit and I'll literally sit for two hours, record myself talking about the NBA and I can fuck off after it. Just Do get a right, couple man. of Duncan making weird fucking metaphors in the background and you yeah. just giving me a thumbs up and an intro and an outro.
1: That's all I need. No, no, I need to see my piece about Jeremy Land.
2: He's <laughs> not even in the league. But I appreciate your input. <laughs> that's why
1: I've got to piece about it it's a sh- shocker that he's no longer the
2: league um, well, I'll give you that opportunity if I host an episode Duncan right okay, okay, otherwise shut the fuck up <laughs>
1: that's fair That's
0: fair. I'll take that awesome well I think we'll uh, one last thing I wanted to say man this whole time our intro don't, the name of the podcast is inspired by Eric Beam Eric Beam Rakim if you don't know the song uh, great black rapper from the 90s great dj plus you know producer from the 90s um you know it'd be we just felt we'd be very remiss if we didn't see the irony of having that as an intro as a name and not addressing these issues so and thank you for your if
1: you're a listener who c- perhaps can't read between the lines what robert is saying is uh, don't bother writing in about anything we've said we cannot be racist we, we actually have a black artist doing exactly. we appropriate but, it.
2: but res- we appropriate but with respect <laughs> mm, mm. put respect on that name
1: absolutely
0: <laughs> oh, man. well thanks for joining me this week guys next time we will have something different but uh, you know support uh, support these movements in whatever way is actually feasible for you if you see a petition sign it if you think it's reasonable uh don't buy into us versus them narratives. Be level headed, you know, care for each other, stand up for what's right, and don't sweat the technique. But thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.
2: Gotcha. Peace out.